When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to Orange and Blue Bloods. Hosted by EJ Stewart and Tommy Beard. Let's get to it, New York. Christian Winfield, the New York Daily News, joins Orange and Blue Bloods here today. So the Knicks are coming off one of their most successful seasons of the millennium. They finished with 47 wins, won their first playoff series since 2013. They returned the likes of Brunson and Randall. Both had career years in their first year playing together. And while the Eastern Conference has been now stacked to the tilt, at the top with yeah. the Bucks and the and the and the Celtics making these big trades. Knicks fans are hoping for continued growth from this organization. Um where do you see the Knicks in terms of where you think the rest of the league sees them? Because I think you have an interesting perspective coming from, you know, you're in the city, but you're still coming from the net. So that's a team that's looking at the Knicks. You're probably talk probably talk to other teams and seeing where do you think the Knicks look from kind of an outside picture, uh where you're kind of coming in from the outside looking in. You know, I, I think for the Knicks, it's you didn't really improve your roster this summer, uh, aside from adding Dante DiVincenzo. And you look at the rest of the league, uh, the rest of the East, excuse me. Oh, my goodness. Excuse me. Um, yeah, thank you. So so you, the Knicks didn't really improve their roster uh, this summer, aside from adding Dante DiVincenzo. Um, you look at what Boston did, you look at what Milwaukee did, and you kind of put them in a stratosphere of their own, right? We don't even talk about them. We understand. Even the Knicks understand. They're like, yo, they were already good. And now you add those two guys. They were already expected to be one and two. So, And, and I think that's where it boils down to. Everyone was already expecting Milwaukee and Boston to be number one and two in the conference before they traded for Dame, right? So it doesn't really impact the standings, but right. it does impact what you think your ceiling is for the for the year, right? Like, for example, say you run into Boston without Drew and then somebody goes down right now. You maybe you have a chance, even if somebody goes down now, you still got to deal with Drew. You got one of Porzingis, Brown, Tatum, like it's tough right. and the same is there for Milwaukee. So it's kind of like a race for the third seed right now. Right. And I yeah. think the Knicks are in the mix for that third seed. I think Philly's in the mix for that third seed. I think Cleveland's in the mix for that third seed. Um and I'm probably forgetting another team, but I, I feel like right now the Knicks are in a space where you brought I'm sure Miami, the same. I'm sure Miami has something to say about that. You know, yeah, Miami sure. likes to play around. Miami likes to act like the yeah. regular season don't matter. You know what I'm saying? They was eighth. <laughs> they, were, they were the eighth seed last yeah. year and then just decided to, to run the East. So I, I think that, you know, when you bring the same core that you had last year back for this year, you're going to automatically kind of have a lot of that continuity and that's a great thing right because you know these teams like like boston and milwaukee they got to figure stuff out right they got to figure all that out on the fly but at the same time like the knicks i I wrote yesterday you look at their their seasons the last three seasons under under tibbs they get off to really really slow starts right i think they were 10 and 13 like 11 and 13 or 11 is it like i think they were 30 they've been 33 and 44 to start the season uh for each of the last three years combined and it's like when, especially when you look at who they're playing to start this year. I mean, you've got Boston, you've got Atlanta, you've got New Orleans, then you've got Cleveland, you've got Cleveland again, then you've got Milwaukee, then you've got the Clippers, right? Like that's seven tough games and four of those are on the road. You've got a road back to back from Atlanta to New Orleans. Um, it's going to be tough, right? And 
But at the same time, this is a team that, and Tom Thibodeau said, this is a team that gets better as the year goes on and they play some of their best basketball at the end of the season. So, you know, I, I think the Knicks are in a space where you kind of understand that you're not going to be competing for a championship right now just because of how the, the East is shaking out. But that doesn't mean you can't go out there and try to build on what you did last season. Last season, they finished fifth, uh, shocked the, 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 the Cavaliers and made it to the second round. Uh, I think they're looking to finish maybe fourth or third this year. And I think with the roster they have, they can potentially do that. So I'm looking forward to covering it. I'm looking forward to see what Julius Randle is able to do. Looking forward to see R.J. Barrett take another step in his game. Uh, Quentin Grimes is talking a lot of talk. He worked out with J.J. Reddick this, this yep. summer, so I'm interested to see even how he looks. Um, and, yeah, no, I'm, I, I want to see what they're going to do. I just don't want Knicks fans to be delusional about what the ceiling is. But you've got Milwaukee and Boston and some of these teams that are just loaded. I mean, you kind of got to be happy with what you got. Yeah, it's going to be tough sledding for the Knicks to try to get past that glass ceiling of the second round, something they have not done since uh, the year 2000. So you talk about that tough start they've had in the past several years, 10 and 13, 12 and 16, 11 and 15. Um, and you talk about this early tough stretch where you got these seven games, uh, arguably the toughest in the NBA to start the season. How is yeah. the team approaching their preparation to avoid another one of those slow starts? You know, I mean, you asked Tom, we spoke to Tom Thibodeau about it yesterday, and he said, you know, all we can do is go as hard as we can in training camp, right? So that's what they're doing. They're trying to re he said something interesting. They're trying to reestablish what their identity is and then build from that, right? And they've kind of had the same identity for the last few years. I mean, you know what you know what you're getting from this Knicks team. They're gonna crash the glass, they're gonna play defense, they're gonna try to shoot a lot of threes, try to get to the line. They need to convert better at the foul line this year. Um, but I mean, when when you've got the team that you have right now. It's gonna it's gonna be tough to not get out to a slow start when you look at the competition. You look at how many of these games are gonna be on the road. Um, I, I think for them, it's number one not letting these first seven games, well, no matter which way they go, not letting those seven games kind of spill over. Because after you have those seven games, then you got two little layup games, and then you got to I, mean, I don't even think you can call them layup games. You got the Spurs and Wembenyama. We don't know what yeah, that's gonna look like. They are. And then after that, you got the Charlotte Hornets. I, I think the Charlotte Hornets are gonna be one of those sleeper teams that you gotta watch out for. You got Brandon Miller. You got uh, Miles Bridges coming back. You got Lamelo Ball probably taking this step. The East is tough. The East is really, really tough this year. A lot of teams got better. Um, Indiana, for example, I think Indiana is going to shock some people this year. Um, yeah. The Knicks just have to do what they do best, and and that's you know playing to their strengths. That's what Tom Thibodeau has been saying all, all week, pretty much. We need to come in. Uh, he's been saying come in, uh, give everything you have, and he's he's almost said it starts a lot with Julius Randle, which is great to hear. Because he's been the person setting the tone as someone who's been an all-star, has been all-NBA, and is not coming in and just, like, sleeping through training camp. He's the most intense person in camp from what everyone is saying. And for that to be your leader, setting the tone, um, I don't think, they, I don't think they're going to come out and have a slow start per se. I just think that no matter how they play, the schedule is a schedule, right? You're going to get – you have some tough teams that you got to face. So uh, I'm looking forward to seeing how it shakes out. Um, but I think this is going to be another season where they're going to have to, you know, bounce back after a slow start to the season. And I want to definitely get back to the start of the schedule and how they plan to kind of, you know, kind of overcome some of these struggles in these tough games. But you mentioned Randall. I think obviously he's a very important figure. And it is interesting that Tibbs is really heaping on, you know, really leadership responsibilities onto Randall. So one of the things I think some Knicks fans have complained about is that he's kind of been coddled by Tibbs when he has struggled uh, because they I sure. guess people feel like Tibbs, you know, that's the best way to get the best out of Randall here. Randall Tibbs is saying, hey, if we're going to do anything. It's going to start with you. Um, Randall had a marvelous regular season last year. I think the best regular yeah. season of his career. Um, struggled again in the playoffs, but he was hampered by an ankle injury where he needed surgery. 
How is Randall feeling health-wise, and how is he planning to bounce back from that subpar playoff performance? Julius is is back to his normal self. Thankfully, uh, he he's good. He he acknowledged that 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 injury was what kind of set him back in the playoffs. But at the same time, he's had some playoff struggles where he was healthy. Right, we've seen him disappear completely in the playoffs. And and that kind of cost him some money as well. So I I think that he understands right now kind of the gravity of it all. He knows that this team, you know, we we say it's Jalen Brunson's team at this point, right? And he is the leader of this team. But, I mean, when you talk about size and stature and ability to dominate players, that's Julius Randle. And this team is going to go as he leads them. So I think he understands that. I asked him, um, you know, what – because. Tom Thibodeau said, hey, you know, Julius, to his credit, when you look at his career, he's someone who gets better every single year. Right. And I asked Julius what his focus is for this year. And he says he just wants to be more efficient uh, in everything. And I'm asking him what that means. What do you want to what, what where exactly do you want to be more efficient? He's being vague. He doesn't want to say he's not being specific about it. But when you then talk to his teammates and they're the ones saying that he's the one that's like setting the tone and that how he approaches his craft is trickling down to everybody else. Right. You've got guys like Dante DiVincenzo and Quentin Grimes saying that they can't relax in training camp because they see how hard Julius Randle is going. That's kind of a story I'm working on for the Sunday paper in the New York Daily News. I, I think that's where it starts from. It's a different level of leadership. And what Tom Thibodeau said is, you know, leadership is not about what you say, right? It's about how you approach your craft on a day-to-day basis. And if that's what Julius Randle is doing, if he's approaching and putting in the work every single day, I, I think eventually things have to shake for him. Uh, but at the same time, we've been here, right? We've seen Julius yeah. Randle come in and dominate the regular season only to get to the playoffs and disappear. Um, so we can't, we, we don't really know. This will be my first time actually covering him in the playoffs and for a regular season. So I'm interested to see how it'll translate. And I'm going to ask him about it all year long. So I think it's another situation where he's going to have a strong regular season. Um, I think he's going to be an all-star again this year. Um, and then from there, he's got to overcome whatever it is. Maybe it's a mental hurdle. Maybe it's, maybe it's not. Maybe he just needs to play better. Um, I, I think we're going to see it, but we, we can't we can't really tell. You know, it's like regular season is now. And then, you know, I covered Joe Harris. You know, Joe Harris is the, yeah. the, the ultimate lighted up in the regular season player who who disappears in the playoffs under pressure. Right. So it, it's it's a toss up. You never know. The one thing I will say, and look, I've been someone who's been critical of Randall on this podcast uh, pretty much for the year we've been doing it. Not necessarily for the regular season stuff. because He's been outstanding. But again, for the playoffs, we saw what happened and some of the comments about the Heat wanting it more. I will say this. Uh, I saw that he has now embraced uh, the teachings and the quotes of Bruce Lee, um, someone that yeah. I'm, I'm also a, a fan of. I love Bruce Lee. My dad introduces me a lot of Bruce Lee's quotes and movies and stuff. Uh, do you, Christian, have like a certain kind of pop culture figure that you kind of reach for to kind of get you to be the best Christian on the Knicks beat? Wow, that's a great question. Um so I've I've really changed the type of music and the type of like content that I consume, right? Because the, the things that we listen to ultimately, like like for example, you start listening to future every single day, then you not even listen to future and you starting to hear the lyrics in your head, right? You starting to play yeah. a lot of these things in your head, and that and that could be toxic, right? So like right, I've yeah. tried to like switch up the things I listen to. Like I've been listening to uh some Stormzy, I've been listening to you know, a lot of things that are just like soothing to the mind. I like to clear my mind completely, mm. you know what I'm saying? I like to know. I don't like to have any clutter in my head. Um, if there's any one person I've been listening to lately, I don't. I don't know. I've been. I was. I was in the gym this morning listening to the new Drake. That was cool. Um, it depends on the day. Sometimes you gotta dig. You gotta dig into that that dog mode. When I gotta do that, you know, it's future o'clock. You know what I'm saying? But if, <laughs> if it's not that, I, I try to be calm. I try to be cool, collected. I listen to like chill music. You know, I like to keep myself my mind clear. 
That makes sense. It seems like with Julius, uh, Bruce Lee, a lot of it is, you know, be water, be still. So yeah. someone who plays with a ferocity, <laughs> maybe that is kind of the balance that he needs because we've seen sometimes that uh, that emotion kind of go over the edge. Uh, some of these blow yeah. sidelines, blow ups uh, at his teammates. So I'm very curious to see if Julius can uh, can keep his emotions in check and kind of be steady, not just through the regular season, but also through the postseason. I don't know. I, we done seen him blow up uh, so many times. I know. I done seen him <laughs> put the thumbs down to the fans. I done seen him yeah. do so many things on t- on TV. I, I get to see all this stuff in person now. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's about <laughs> to be a lot of fun. Uh, but uh, yeah, no, nah, I, I don't know how long he's gonna be able to keep his cool. But that's and and that's part of him, right? Like right. I don't know if he'll be the player he is if he didn't have that intensity on and off the court, right? So we don't exactly. want him to lose all of that. But it is kind of like I guess like he's, that's why he's meat and water, whatever you want to call it, right? He's yeah, be, to, be water. Yeah, yeah. There you go. Um, going back to uh, kind of how the Knicks want to start this season. One of the things I've been saying, and you know, maybe it's too, maybe it's kind of flying in the face of what is a very tough schedule, but I actually feel like the Knicks may be in a position to actually start this year really strong because this is maybe the most continuity they've had under the Tibbs era. You know, first year is essentially a new roster. Um, second year. Even though it's a lot of the same guys, they they added two new starters in Kemba Walker and Evan Fournier trying to mix in. And then last year, yeah. again, Jalen Brunson and the new guys that were mixing in starting uh, uh, other guys as well. This year, you know, Tibbs has kind of hinted at the same starting lineup. Really only one player is going to be changed in the rotation from last year, OB to Dante DiVincenzo. Do you think that the continuity on the roster could perhaps – help the Knicks get over the early growing pains that have uh, have kind of played them in the last few years. For sure. You know, I think anytime you bring back the same – and chemistry is huge, right? I, I covered a Nets team where you had – I'll never forget it. They had Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, and then they had Karis LeVert, Spencer Dinwiddie, Torian Prince, Jared Allen, all these guys that were lame ducks because they knew they were getting traded for James Harden in a few months, but the trade wasn't right. official yet. And the continuity was destroyed. Because they didn't believe they were going to be there, they ultimately got traded. You re, you re, you have to create a new identity in the middle of the season. The Nets didn't stand a chance that year. And then on top of that, you had Steve Nash as the head coach, which we won't get into. Um, <laughs> and, and then you go back the next year. Yeah, no, I, I could talk all day about Steve Nash's inability to coach, but we, we this is a Knicks podcast. Um, and then the next season, you come back and Kyrie's not playing because the the vaccine stuff. And now you've got no continuity is understated, right? People think it's just a buzzword. Oh, chemistry. And it can be a buzzword, but it's real, right? Like if you, and that's going to play to the next strength right now, because you've got a lot of teams that are adding new players that are, that are kind of trying to reestablish or establish new identities. The Knicks have the same identity. They've had the same identity for year after year. They've had the same coach. They've had the same core guys, except for you add Brunson last year. And Brunson has been a seamless fit. And I, I think that helps them. But at the end of the day, you've just got teams that have more talent on paper and it's not very many teams right in the east you've got i mean milwaukee you've got boston if james harden stays in philly i think philly has more talent but if james harden's gone and all you're getting back is terrence Mann and some picks i think the knicks can tie up their number right and if you have philly's number then it's okay well what about cleveland cleveland has a good team on paper but the knicks got them out of here last year right so i'm not looking at cleveland as a team that's better than them the Knicks could sit here and say, look, we can get that number three seed. And it's not just because we have talent. It's because we know how to play with one another. We've been doing this for, for years now. So I think there's a real chance that they can get that number three seed based on having that chemistry and continuity that's going back years. Uh, it's just a matter of that first seven games. There's no team. There's no other team in the NBA that has a seven game stretch that's as difficult as the Knicks. But once you get past that, 
I, I think it's it's you know they have some wiggle room to to do something here. So uh, I'm expecting I'm holding them to the standard of thinking that they're going to get that third seed. I think they want that number three seed. I think when you look at the East, they've got a chance to go get it. So continuity is going to play a huge role in that. I think continuity is understated sometimes. Um, and we're going to see that season open. I and mean, even the preseason is crazy. You got Boston two times. You got yeah. Milwaukee. You got a you got a preseason back to back. Like who does that? Why 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 would the league office do? The league office clearly has something against the Knicks. I mean, you got the worst seven games to open, and then you got preseason back to back. You got the Celtics twice. You got the Celtics four times from preseason to November thirteenth, which is just ridiculous. I mean, it's going to be a tough start, but you know they they got they got to deal they got to deal with the hand they were dealt. Absolutely. And I know you uh, held your tongue when it came to the slander of Steve Nash. One thing you will also learn about Knicks Nation is that uh, net slander is always welcome and always, uh, <laughs> always ready to go. Um, I, like, Listen, just, like, I I'll say this. I, I got nothing bad to say about the Nets. I mean, <laughs> class, first class organization yeah. um, from the from the owner. I, I never forget. I, I wrote a story on Jacques Vaughn. Um, and I, I have, I never, I don't think I've told anybody this. I, I wrote a story on Jacques Vaughn about maybe like 10 or 15 games after he took over for Steve Nash saying that, you know, this is why the Nets, this is why the Nets did this. This is, you know, I was basically giving him singing his praises and Joe side DMs me. And he says, thank you for writing this. Um, it, it makes us feel like we made the right decision, something along those lines. Wow. And, and just for him to reach out and say that it's like, yo, like that, that's classy. And I appreciate that. You know, Sean Marks and Jacques Vaughn, I didn't tell them I was taking the Knicks job. They knew already. They came, congratulated me, shook my hand on the uh, at the uh, – this was last week at their uh, press conference. You know, it, it's just been an amazing time there. Um, can't say enough good things about the people, about the PR team there, about the people behind the scenes. The, the only person I really – you know what I'm saying? I mean, the only person I could talk negatively about was Steve Nash because I feel like he – but that was an organizational decision, right? Like, they, right. he had no business getting that job anyway. They shouldn't have hired him for that. So – but other than that, you know, I, I had a great time covering that team. I had a great time being at Barclays, being around there with the fans. I know people say there's no real fans at Barclays. And maybe that was true a few years ago, but now they got some fans in there, even though we all know I don't really compare to the garden. Right. But right. it's good to see something growing there. And um, I, I had a great time at Barclays. That's awesome. You got DMs with Joe Sai. I will say, if you ever get DMs from James Dolan, I would uh, lock your doors and close your windows. Because <laughs> I've already got DMs locked. from the from the fake James Dolan. What's it? What's his name? Dolan. <laughs> Dolan, Dolan J. J. Trump. Trump. Uh, yeah, yes. I got a DM from him already. So uh, I guess I'm off to a good start. There you go. Uh, Christian Winfield from the New York Daily News joins us on Orange and Blue Blood. So there's a lot of excitement within the Knicks organization from head coach Tom Thibodeau about the new addition, Dante DiVincenzo. Yeah. Why are the Knicks so high on him and what he brings to the table? I mean, playoff experience, deep playoff experience. You're talking about a guy who was on the Bucs uh, championship team. You're talking about a guy who was uh, part of the Warriors last season. You're talking about a guy who plays his role well, right? This is a guy who doesn't try to play outside of his game. Uh, he's a guy who's going to go out there, play hard, do the little things, hit threes, make plays for other guys. Um, I love the addition, right? It, it, it's just really when you look at it in a vacuum, it's okay. It wasn't the move that other teams made. It wasn't like the splashy move. It wasn't what everybody wanted. It wasn't trading for Joel Embiid or going to get James Harden. It wasn't that getting Dame Lillard or Drew Holiday. But it was an addition that makes your team better, right? It adds backcourt depth. It gives you somebody who has been in these situations where he can help in the playoffs and you can trust him to just throw him into the game and not really have to worry about how he's going to, how he's going to uh, respond. Um, and it gives you another, um, another alternative to Quentin Grimes, right? I feel like Quentin Grimes is a guy who has taken strides, but 
he's got to play better too, right? Well, everybody's got to play better, but he's a guy who, if you're going to be the starter for the New York Knicks, you've got to bring it. And we know what Quentin Bryan's Grimes can bring. He's been working on his game as well. He, uh, like I said, he worked with JJ Redick. He worked on Penny Hardaway. Uh, what he said was he's been working on um, with, with JJ. He worked on running off the of screens. He said his conditioning was really the most important thing. Um, but with Penny Hardaway, he's been working with putting the ball on the floor, uh, coming off the pick and rolls, making plays for other people. Uh, that's great, you know, being able to put the ball on the floor. But they need him to space the floor. They need him to yeah. hit threes. They need him to play defense. Dante DiVincenzo is a guy who knows his role, who's not trying to play outside of his game, right? So that's the one positional battle that we have to look out for. I know Tibbs said that uh, Grimes is going to be the starter entering camp. But he also said, we'll see what happens, right, in terms of who's going to be the starter at that two spot. So that could go any way. That could change in the middle of the season. We saw uh, Tibbs put Grimes in the rotation midseason, and y'all went 37-22 and after that, right? So we know he's not afraid to make midseason adjustments. I know Dante DiVincenzo is going to come and play. Uh, So that's one thing I'm excited for, to see how he fits in. But so far, so good. You know, they're not. it's not like there's bad vibes. Those guys are getting along with each other off the court. At least that's what they say. Um, and I, I think the Knicks are excited. You got another Villanova guy uh, in the building with DiVincenzo. So it's crazy. You just got all these Wildcats right here on the same team. I'm like, dang, are they going to go try to get Mikhail Bridges next? I, the Nets would never. But it, it, it would be fun if, they, if that was able to happen. Bro, bro. Yeah, I think with uh, the, all the you, – you'll learn as well with the Knicks beat and, and kind of the, the calling cry from Jalen Brunson. The vibes are immaculate. <laughs> vibes are immaculate right now for – The vibes the are immaculate. <laughs> 